You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. My guest this week is finance guru, Rachel Richards. If you guys haven't heard Rachel before, she was actually on episode 33, right before the quarantine hit. We got into her best-selling book, Money Honey. And on this one, we are talking all about how to climb out of the hole of coronavirus. So chances are you are affected by this. You might be out of your job. You might be working reduced hours, working from home. Whatever situation you have going on right now, Rachel gives you a foolproof plan to get out of it financially and how to optimize your finances after this whole thing is over. So Rachel is an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to money. I love hearing her opinions, and I know you guys can take a lot away from this one. All right. This week on the podcast, we welcome back best-selling author of Money, Honey, and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement, Rachel Richards. Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me again, Angelo. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before this, how you sent out an email, your newsletter, just at the perfect time for me, because we've all been going through coronavirus right now. We've uh, seen a lot of changes financially, whether it be people are out of work or making significantly less money. So I just kind of wanted to hop into just how we work ourselves out of this situation. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's so many ways I could go with this, but let me start with the concept of income diversification. So, you know, we are, we're all kind of taught to believe that having a full-time salaried position equates to job security and income stability. And I don't agree with that. And I think that more now than ever, people are kind of finding out about why that's not maybe the most secure thing. Because if you're 100% dependent on a single source of income, that's not secure. You know, what happens when you lose your job, when your hours get reduced, or when you get laid off? That's what's happening to a lot of people right now. And then there's no income to fall back on. So at that point, it's, there's just the hope that you would have enough in savings. So I like to talk about this concept of income diversification, which just means having multiple sources of income. For example, I have four sources of passive income, and they've all been impacted differently throughout coronavirus, which I can talk about that too. Um, but the only reason I'm not freaking out that one income source might be reduced is because I have all these other income sources keeping me afloat. So I think one thing we can take from this is, hey, am I 100% dependent on a single source of income? And if so, how can you begin to diversify your income streams, whether that's taking on a part-time or temporary job, you know, having another active income stream, starting a side hustle, creating passive income, because once you have multiple streams in place, that's what's really going to create income security for you. I just did read about that in your book uh, a little bit before the call. So it was uh, definitely something smart because I think a lot of people, you have that, that corporate job, and I had it as well at Vanguard where, you know, I always relied on that paycheck the next Friday. I knew I was always going to get paid next Friday. And a lot of people are in the situation where that went away and we still have our credit cards. We still have a car payment, our rent. It's all still there. So right. wh what do you think is, uh, 
is the biggest thing that you can do to get started right now making passive income? So I always talk about if, when you're starting out, the first thing to ask yourself is, do you have more time or more money? Because passive income, it's no get rich quick scheme, right? It does take time or money to put into place. Um, but the great thing about passive income is once you have it created, that's when it becomes a lot more hands off. And once your passive income exceeds your living expenses, you're retired, you're financially independent. So that's the first place to start. Do you have more time or more money? Now, if you're anything like I was, if few years ago, I would have said, I have neither. So the next question to ask yourself is which will be easier to create? Will it be easier to free up more time or to create more money? Because you need one or the other or both to start generating passive income. Once you understand that, then you can start narrowing it down. For example, some of the, in my book, I talk about 28 different passive income models. Some of the ones that require more money would be portfolio income, anything in that category. Um, rental income can often require more money if you're interested in purchasing a rental property. And then on the other hand, things that might require more time are would be anything under the royalty income category. So I wrote and launched a book that only cost me a few hundred bucks. It was mostly a time investment. Um, same thing with the online course I just launched. Um, but yeah, there. I mean, you can go either way with it, just depending on which resource you have more of. Yeah, and I think that that concept of time anyone who works a, you know 40 hours a week and then you're in traffic for a long time you always feel like i don't have enough time to do to do what i'm passionate about or you know chase after that thing so i think in the beginning it's going to it's going to take both but eventually both of them are going to come back to you you're going to have more money and more time Exactly. Either way, it requires a sacrifice. And, you know, I was working full time just three years, three, four years ago, and I didn't have any other income streams. And then I decided I wanted to get serious about becoming financially independent. So that's why I started focusing on passive income, real estate investing, learning everything I could. But, you know, even if you're working full time, that's what I did. I started doing this on the side. I was looking for rentals on the weekend. I was writing my books in the evenings. So it definitely takes a sacrifice. But Fast forward to where I am now, it was it was so worth it. And if you're working full time and looking for how to fit in those, you know, 15, 20 minutes each day where you can start working on creating passive income, one thing I suggest doing is like on your commute, you can be listening to podcasts or audiobooks to learn. So that's what I was doing when I was getting into real estate investing was listening to real estate investing podcasts or audiobooks and really taking advantage of every single bit of spare time that I had. I think it's important too that you mention that these aren't, you know, get rich quick schemes. This isn't build a six figure business in six months. And I, it's funny because I was looking at a few books that were, that popped up on Amazon that were related to yours. And one of them was like 12 months to six figure passive income. And I was like, I don't think that works. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's a little, that's a big claim, I would say, you know, so kind of stay away from those red flags. You know, I built my passive income from zero to $10,000 a month in a two or three year period, which was extremely fast and extremely aggressive. And yes, that's doable. You really have to sacrifice a lot. But for a lot of people, it can be something that takes longer, you know, five, 10 years to put into place. But the way I see it is, I would rather spend five or 10 years now working towards early retirement instead of waiting until I'm 65 to retire. Yeah, for sure. And, and the time commitment up front, like I'm doing the podcast, 
And I know each week I'm doing an episode, I'm not making money off it right now, but this time commitment upfront is eventually going to lead to different opportunities. And for you, it took two or three years, which is amazing. And like me hearing it as I'm going through it, that definitely seems like, oh shit, that's really fast. (laughs) I know it does seem that way, but, but you're right. I mean, with a podcast, a YouTube, a blog, oftentimes you have to consistently post and create content for one or two years before you ever start monetizing it. So it's just all about consistency and long-term commitment and just knowing like you'll get there eventually. Yeah. The consistency thing has been that's been the one thing that I try to do no matter what I'm going to post a podcast every single week. And I've seen, I've seen so many new podcasts that are good and they, they sound great. They're professionally produced. They have all these fancy guests and then like four weeks in they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So you're consistent. I mean, consistency is key. Honestly, you're doing all the right things. That's the most important part. Yeah. (laughs) So let's just get into like, we have the four bucket strategy from money, honey. We have, you know, our thousand dollars in savings. What if you don't have that? Where do you start during this time? Say you're working less hours or you're collecting unemployment, whatever your situation is, how do you get started during this time? And then, and then after eventually when things start to open back up? Yeah. So I've been talking a lot about, you know, savings in general right now. I think I read a few months ago, a statistic that, over 50% of Americans have less than $500 in savings. So, and so that's very common, very typical. When you think about coming into a recession or this crisis that none of us could predict it, then that can become a little bit scary because how far, you know, will 500 bucks get you if you're laid off or if you lose your income? So this really create. I think we're learning right now the urgency and the importance of having an emergency savings fund. It's more important now than ever. I'm even telling people, you know, I normally say have a thousand dollars set aside for emergencies in bucket number one. And then after that, you can look about, you can look at, you know, either paying off high interest debt or continuing to contribute to savings. But right now cash is king. And I honestly think it's a better bet to have more in cash rather than putting that money towards high interest debt. So, you know, in money, honey, I talk about have at least $1,000 in bucket number one. But I think it's totally okay to have two, three, four grand set aside in bucket number one. You know, start with $1,000 and then you can beef it up. And now in terms of how to save money right now, it's, it's a lot more difficult, but when it comes down to it, it just boils down to two simple things. So when I'm asking people, how do you save money quickly? A lot of times they'll say, I'm going to decrease my expenses. I'm going to stop eating out. I'm going to stop shopping. And so all those things are centered around decreasing your expenses. And that's great because we have to get our spending in line and make sure we're living below our means. The only thing is, though, there's limits to that. You can't just stop paying for food, right? There's there's certain things you have to spend money on no matter what. So then on the other side of the equation, the other way to increase your savings is to increase your income, which we already touched on a little bit. But the great thing about increasing your income is there's no cap on how much money you can make. There's nothing stopping you from making more money. So the way you're going to be able to save money right now is if you focus on doing both, decreasing your expenses and increasing your income. And what's interesting in any recession is that a lot of industries are suffering, but there's a lot of industries that are booming. And I remember in April, right when after coronavirus really started getting serious in the US, 
Papa John's announced they needed to hire 20,000 new delivery drivers immediately. So, you know, all of these food delivery services, Instacart, where you can go grocery shopping for people, um, grocery stores are often hiring right now. So there's plenty of opportunity if you need to go get a part-time job or a temporary job just to get you through for now. So I would say kind of look at those things as an easy way to increase your income ASAP. And then you can then focus on building passive income later. Do you tell anybody, so say like, say, you know, I had a, I had a really good paying job. I made $60,000 a year. I was, I'm working at an accounting firm or something. How do you get people to put the ego aside to work for Papa John's? Like, do you ever run into that where people are like, I'm not going to deliver pizzas. That's, yes. that's not I'm, me. I'm so glad you, that's literally happened. That exact scenario you just <laughs> described. I remember a couple of years ago when I was talking to a guy who was like, Hey, how can I increase my income? And I was giving him all these different ideas, pizza delivery being one of them. And I remember him saying, well, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, I mean, here I was working this other job. Like that's like beneath me is what he said. And I was like, you know what? There's no room for pride when it comes to financial freedom. And you just have to be willing to do what it takes to get yourself through these tough times. There's, there's just no room for pride. And I think there is nothing wrong or shameful about finding an hourly job, finding a temporary or part-time position to get your family through these tough times. If anything, I think you should be proud of it. I know it's hard to look at it that way because we're worried about what other people are going to think. We're worried about the judgment. But again, like, are you more concerned about what other people think of you or about your financial freedom? Because you have to choose one or the other and put the pride aside and just do whatever it's going to take. Yeah. And I totally get that because I work at a grocery store now. I, I haven't been working during this time, but when I first started and they made me push the carts, I'm like, I'll do anything, but I'm not pushing the carts. Like I do <laughs> not want to do that. And then, you know, you, you do it one time and you get over it and it's not a big deal. So yeah, I yeah. think anybody, when you're trying to, to get through something like this, you have to put the ego aside and, and really do whatever it takes. Yeah. And you can also think to yourself, you know, maybe this sucks right now, but use this as motivation to go find something bigger and better, you know, tell yourself, okay, this sucks, but I'm only going to be in this job for a month because I'm going to find something better and just use that to motivate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. So you, uh, you moved during this time. What, uh, what's that been <laughs> the transition been like? It's been interesting. Yeah. We moved from Kentucky to Colorado, uh, in, May, May 1st, we moved in. So right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, it was a little scary for sure. But now that we're here, it's been great. Um, you know, we have all of our rental properties back in Kentucky. And we've been managing them by ourselves recently. Um, which when we were in Kentucky, it seemed like it was a lot of work. We were always down at the rental properties. But now that we're in Colorado, we have this distance, this forced distance. So we can't just go to our rental properties three times a week if somebody needs us. So it's actually forced us to outsource a lot more and it's made the overall management of them a lot easier. So it's just something to keep in mind. You know, if you are struggling with time and you're a business owner and you just don't have enough time to do everything, it's really important to think of how can I remove myself from the situation? Or if I lived in another state, how would I be running and managing this business? Because you can start to outsource things and free up your time, even when you're still in the same state as your business. So that's been a really interesting learning lesson for us. Yeah. And I think uh, in the book, you were talking about just breaking down actually how much your time is worth and is outsourcing 
is it realistic? And also, is it going to be beneficial? Yeah, outsourcing is so huge. Um, I think when anyone starts out in their life, you know, you have more time than money. When I was young and I just graduated college, I, I remember I had $25.16 in my checking account. So I, I was broke. <laughs> I had no money. And I had a lot more time then. So I was doing, obviously, with everything with business and learning and reading and everything I did, I was doing it on my own. Then later, as I began to make more money, I got more established in my career. I started um, investing in real estate. I was so, so busy that I then had more, a lot more money than I had time. And that is the point at which it becomes really important to outsource. So I remember thinking I'm a really frugal person and I was spending like five hours each weekend cleaning my house because I'm like a perfectionist. And I was like, man, I was spending five hours and those hours were really valuable to me at the time. And I was like, well, what if we hire a house cleaner? That was something I had never considered before because to me it was like, well, I'm not going to spend money or waste money on something I could be doing on my own. But then I had the epiphany of, wait a second, if I hire a house cleaner and spend this amount each week and I free up my five hours, then that's five hours I could be using to generate even more money elsewhere. So that's when I realized it became really important for me to outsource everything we possibly could. And that was what worked for us the best at the time. And now we've kind of made the switch. Now we're financially independent. We now have, we kind of have the best of both worlds, which is nice. So we have time and we have money. And so now I'm outsourcing a little bit less, but I'm still doing my best to delegate. Awesome. Was there a time you think where you discovered that you had that drive to, to, you know, work these part-time jobs or to do extra, like, where does that come from? Do you think? You know, I think a lot of it comes from some fears that I had in my childhood and growing up. And when I was in middle school, I was surrounded by, I, I grew up in a really wealthy County. I was surrounded by peers who were, going on these lavish vacations and doing all this cool stuff. And my family was always on a budget and we never even went out to eat, let alone going on vacations. I mean, people in my high school, when they turned 16, they were getting BMWs and I was like, there was no way I was getting a car at all. So I had this sense of feeling like I didn't fit in from a young age. And that's the last way that you want to feel when you're in middle school and in high school. So I kind of had this, drive really early on to become financially independent because I didn't want to end up like everyone else. I didn't want to have to borrow money from my family and friends to make it to my next paycheck. I didn't want to have to be on a strict budget my whole life. I wanted to be different. So I knew that what I did then at a young age would either set me up for wealth or for poverty. And that's why I've been so ambitious and so driven is really it's this fear of not having enough money and not being able to support myself or to take care of my loved ones if they ever needed me. So they say, you know, fear is a great motivator. <laughs> that absolutely is true. And that is why I think I've been so driven. Um, you know, what I tell other people is you have to find your why. I mean, what would financial freedom look like for you? How would that change your life or your family's life? what would be different for you? And if you can think through those answers and find that deep down motivation, that one thing, if you find your why, then you can just put that on the mirror where you're going to see it every day and that'll keep you accountable to your goals. Do you think there's an end game for you personally? Like, obviously there's no cap on how much passive income you make, but when does it stop where, you know, you end up working more hours than you did when you were at the other job? 
I know that's actually what happened at first when I quit my job I was like oh man what if I just sleep in all day and don't do anything and then the opposite happened and I was working 80 hours a week as like a self-employed person um and I realize it's hard because you at work, you have those start and end boundaries. You're going into the office and you're coming home. So there's a clear start and stop time for your day. When you're a business owner or on your own, those boundaries get a lot more fuzzy. And so it's harder to actually end your day. Plus, I'm so passionate about my book business and teaching people about financial literacy that work to me is fun. Like I could do this all day and be like, oh, that was a great day. So it's been hard to work less actually. Um, but you know, I think my end goal for so long has been to get to this point where I can quit my job and be a lot more hands-off. And now that I'm there, I'm just taking a break to relax, enjoy Colorado, you know, do all the hiking and potentially, you know, traveling via car that we can do. Um, and I think I'm just going to, my next goal is actually to write a fiction book because that's something I've always been interested in. To me, that's just something for fun. It's not to monetize in any way, but I feel like I need to focus now on just following my passions a little bit more and having fun. Yeah. And I heard that uh, you were saying that on the eventual millionaire podcast. I was listening to that yesterday. Yay. Yeah. So the, the fiction book, what's, uh, what's your process look like for that? Are you just sitting down and kind of, kind of writing ideas, whatever comes to mind? Yeah, I, you know, I have weird dreams a lot. So I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, wow, that would be an interesting book idea. So I just take notes in my book. Um, but there's a few books I've bought. One is called The Snowflake Method, which is supposed to be a really great way to structure your fiction novel. Um, so I'm just going to read. I, normally, the way I learn about things is I read books. And that's always been gotten me 99% of the way. So I think I'm just going to read and just start writing fiction like a couple times, you know, a couple times a week and see where it gets me. That's really cool that you have something, you know, that's completely unrelated. So you're constantly having these conversations about money. And then it's like, oh, let me do fiction where I can kind of escape. I think everyone needs that. Yeah, you know, Angelo, I just get bored easily. So <laughs> I'm never one that I could retire and just sit on the beach or golf. And some people do that. And that's great. But I just get bored. And I want to be creating things or working on things. So it's fun now to have the freedom to be like, well, what should I do next? Yeah, and, and you're retired, but you're still working a lot. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like it's you didn't retire and live that, you know, when people are 65, they just go to the beach and live there all day and drink margaritas. <laughs> yeah. And I use the word retired and financially independent interchangeably. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely a cool movement because so many people wait, wait till they're 65 or, and, and now it's probably getting later, especially with savings, that people actually can never retire. You kind of just work till you die at this point. Yeah, I mean, in my book, which I know you've read about the nest egg theory, but this is part of the reason I, I became so passionate about passive income, because traditionally, the way we save for retirement is we save up this huge sum of money so that by age 65, we can retire. 
And in the past, that's worked pretty well, but times have changed a lot, and that's just not the best method anymore. I mean, the cost of college has increased significantly, and that's placed an enormous burden on our generation. Life expectancy has increased, so that means it's going to take more dollars to fund our retirement. And the most alarming thing for young people, you know, millennials, Gen Z, is that the Social Security Trust Fund is currently projected to be fully depleted by the year 2035. Okay, so that's 15 years from now. That means that people our age, we just can't count on Social Security to be there. So it makes it really hard to save up all that money for retirement and to feel like you're going to be able to retire in comfort. Um, not to mention the fact that there are so many studies out there that say millennials will need to accumulate at least $2 million by age 65 in order to retire. I don't know about you, but I just, I don't know many multimillionaires. So to think that everyone's going to have to have $2 million saved, that seems pretty daunting and intimidating. So that's why when I started thinking about passive income, I was like, well, this seems a lot more attainable. All you have to do is create enough passive income to cover your expenses each month, and then you're technically retired. So that's what I sort of set out to do. And I truly think that anyone can achieve financial independence through passive income, no matter their age or their income. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like I always think back to that retirement, retirement age 60, I guess it's 62 is technically when you, when you can retire from companies, but like, yeah, at 62, you're not going to be in the shape that you were at 27. You're not going to be able to do the things that you could do if you were 30. So that financial independence is, is uh, it's huge. And like my parents don't understand kind of, they know what I'm doing a little bit, but you know, it's kind of, I always grew up with the thing, like you got to go to college and you got to, you have to get the job that's secure. And during COVID, we saw millions of people that's not realistic anymore. So even if you are working towards that retirement, it might never come. And, and there's a possibility that you could die before that. Exactly. I mean, you bring up a great point. My husband and I were avid hikers. So we've always talked about like our bucket list is maybe to eventually climb to Mount Everest base camp or to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. And it's like, I don't want to do those things when I'm 65 or 70. I want to do them now when I'm young and healthy and in shape. Like I want to have adventures now and travel and do all, all of those cool things. So I love to talk about health on the show and just overall overall health uh, routines, like daily habits. So what are you doing for your health? Just uh, like you said, hiking, but what do you do like on a daily basis to just make your life a little bit better? Oh yeah, that's a great question. I love talking about like morning habits and routines and everything. So, um, and I don't know if I brought this up last time, but Hal Elrod is the bestseller, bestselling author of the Miracle Morning series. And this book, it honestly changed my life when I was going through anxiety and even depression a couple years ago. This book helped me climb out of that. And it's all about if you if you just go into your day, you know, wake up, turn off your alarm and look at your phone and then get in the shower. There's no intention. There's, you know, there's no like plan to how you're going to start your day. And that's, that's a problem basically is, is what he says. So he says, if you can start your day with intentional positivity, you can change your life. Because every day you have, if you start it a certain way in the morning, you'll have one good day after another good day. And those good days add up and you truly can change your life. So some of the things he recommends doing 
which I've done off and on. I haven't been as consistent as I would like to be, but I'm a firm proponent of all these different things. So he talks about meditation. Meditation is amazing for reducing your anxiety and just for kind of staying calm and focused. Um, affirmations. Affirmations can really help you change your thought process. And I actually talk about affirmations a lot when it comes to money, because a lot of us, myself included, we start out with this mindset of scarcity, where, where there's never enough money. And man, if only I had more money, money's never there for me when I need it. Versus think about this mindset of abundance. You know, I always have more than enough money. I love money. I'm grateful for money. Money comes easily and effortlessly to me. I truly think that what we think in our minds can manifest itself in reality. And I know that sounds woo-woo. I'm like a very practical and pragmatic person. But once I started doing this, I saw real outcomes. So you can use affirmations to really change the way that you think. Um, you know, another thing is just having a journaling exercise writing down things that you're grateful for. So all of those things are, they're more for mental health. And I think, I think in many ways that can be as important as if not more than physical health. So I try to do those things. And then, like you said, I do hiking, I do walking, I try to do some workouts, but I've had a sprained ankle for nine months. So that's been a little harder, oh, but I, I just do my best. <laughs> so what, uh, I heard you were talking about uh, the bullet journal. What is that? Cause I'm not really familiar with it. Oh, yeah. So my mentor, her name's Honore Corder. She actually, fe I featured her in my book, Passive Income Aggressive Retirement. She's a book coach. And she introduced me to two resources this year that have totally changed like the way that I've run my business. And first, the first one is the bullet journal, which I always keep right beside me. So it's just a simple journal. And it's a method for organizing your tasks and your schedule and, and everything that you have to do. And it makes I love it because I keep everything in one place. And then the other resource that she introduced me to is the book called The 12 Week Year. And this basically says that you can do more in a quarter than what most people can do in a year. And it has you plan out your quarter as if each week is a month and as if each day is a week. It's really, really interesting. But that's helped me plan out my annual, quarterly, weekly goals in a way that I've never been able to do before. And I've definitely have had, had one of my best years because of it. That's awesome. I, I always love talking to people about just journaling and different practices that they do. Because I think that's changed my life. I used to wake up and I did the same thing that everyone does. I check Instagram and then 30 minutes later, you're like, wait, it's 930 now. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? So yeah, same. <laughs> I, I just like to do um, a thing called morning pages. I see you have tools of Titans in the back, in the background yeah. up there. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing for a while. And I'm just taking, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning to just write and I'm by myself, but there's no noise and it's, it's cool, the ideas. And some weeks I'll have pages and pages flowing. And some weeks I'm like, I can't really think of any ideas, but I think like we were talking about with the consistency, that stuff adds up over time. And that's where I get my best ideas from. Yeah. People are said to be the most creative in the morning, although I don't think that's true for me personally. <laughs> I'm more creative at night, but anytime you can start your day where you can just focus your mind instead of going straight into social media, because that's what I used to do. I'd roll over in bed and be, just like you said, I'd be on social media. But anytime you can just focus your mind, whether it's thinking about things you're grateful for or how you want your day to go, or just like ideas that you have, like you said, I think that's a powerful way to start your morning. Yeah. Anyone who, uh, 
you know, you wake up and, and you might have a text message from somebody that's, that's angry or needs something from you. I'm sure you get that with uh, the rental properties. That yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's like crisis. And I don't like to start. I like to do, the, do my journal. I read a little bit. And then if something is needed from me, I can come into it with a clear, objective mind and be like, okay, mm-hmm. this, this needs to be done first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just uh, I definitely wanted to get your perspective on that stuff because you know most of the podcasts you're on, it's all centered on finance and and you know <laughs> serious stuff. So, is there yeah. any is there any like Netflix shows that you have you've watched during the quarantine? Oh, you know what we just started watching, or actually we just finished it last night. Um, Little fires everywhere. It's on Hulu. But it was it was a book that I read years ago, and Reese Witherspoon produced it and acted in it, and it was really really good. Like she did a good job, so I've loved that one. And then I've always been a fan of Schitt's Creek on Netflix. I think Alexis is hilarious. <laughs> so. Okay, I've never seen that one. I have to. Ch- I'll have to check both those out. We've, yeah, it's uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice that they. So like we talked about with the morning at night. Do you like to do anything with your husband? Are you doing? Uh, game night or you know eating dinner together what's the, what's that been like yeah we go through phases where we watch tv and then where we completely take tv out of our lives so it kind of depends but you know we'll often watch a show together or just try to have some quality time late at night together because we're so you know he he works remote even though he doesn't have to anymore but that's what he does during the day and then I do podcasts and I'm working on my business during the day so there's still an aspect of when are we going to connect through the day so a lot of times we'll try to go on like an evening walk together with our dog or just make sure we have like quality conversation with one another before bed and that's been really helpful I've actually noticed that when I've cut tv out we the quality of our relationship increases so that's something I'm always like "Mm, maybe we should put move the tv out of the room again (laughs) that's funny and I've read uh did you read what was Atomic Habits by James Clear? Oh, have I have read, read that. that. Yeah. And he, he talks about like, if you don't want to play video games, put it in the box, in the closet. And then like, you have to actually plug it in and you have to, you, like, if you don't want to watch TV anymore, take it out of the room, like put it in the trunk of your car. And yeah. then if you actually want to watch TV, you're like, all right, I got to go downstairs. I got to bring the TV inside, plug it back in. Right. I mean, that makes so much sense. Make it hard for yourself. It's the same reason, you know, if you're, you're, if you're going to start a diet, you throw out all the bad food in your house because then it's not just sitting there. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, where can people find your books? Yeah. So both of my books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement are available on Amazon and Audible. So they're both in ebook, paperback, and audio. And Angela, what I'll do for your listeners is I'll give everybody my Passive Income Starter Kit for free. So if you want to download that, you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Once again, thank you so much to Rachel for coming on the show. If you guys haven't already, again, go back to episode 33. You can hear all about her book, Money Honey, which is available on Amazon, along with what she just told us, Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. I highly recommend both these books. We're used to these finance books that are very boring and bland, and you can listen to guys like Dave Ramsey on YouTube, but it's just not engaging. And Rachel's writing style is just very sarcastic and fun and makes you want to keep turning the pages. So I highly recommend both her books. I'll look forward to her fiction book when that comes out. If uh, 
she stays through with that project. So I'll be looking to follow her in the future. And again, if you guys like the podcast, make sure to leave a five-star rating on iTunes and leave a review. You don't understand how much of a help that would be to me. So if you could just leave a couple lines, what you liked about the show, what you took away from it, that would be absolutely incredible. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, it's at better than yesterday pod. Leave uh, a screenshot of the episode on your story that would help me get out to some new listeners. I know they can take away a lot of value from this one. So if anyone is struggling with their finances during COVID, make sure to give a screenshot, share it with them on your story. And that would be huge help. So I just appreciate the support from you guys this week. And I look forward to the next episode. I will talk to you guys later.